Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to talk with you again. It really is a dark day. It's actually quite light outside, but it's a very dark day <laughs> on Saturday Draft Live because it looks like evil has taken its course. It looks like we are going to get a new first-time winner in this draft, but we'll get into that a bit later. Hi, David Campbell back here on Saturday Draft Live, joined by Mr. Scott McLeod. How are you? David, never say the word darkness when it comes to the draft. You know, Sam and Robbie, I'll never let you live down the darkness. And nor nor should he. So yeah. I'd, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and bring that up again. But yes, this is me, the one true titan of uh, of ESSR, the Iron Man. I proved that against David Tockney. He he mm. he doesn't hold a grudge or anything. He's he's fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought that you were going to win anyway. Um, but that was, I think I said this pretty much, you know. But uh, I'd, I'd obviously competed against you in an Iron Man match before, and I was like, he has the experience. I think he has a bit more bottle, and it, it proved right in the end. You know, that's that's just what happened. But if you haven't seen that, go and check out Quiz Showdown. Go and check out all the other great content we've got here at ESSR. The debating chamber just came back, and that's always a fun, a fun show. And once again, I embarrassed some fools. And it was it was a good time, brought up Krusty the Clown, but we better get in, Scott, <laughs> to the top uh, top three of the week. We have a three-way tie for third this week. Uh, it is Adam Pearce, um, who is tied with Bianca Belair and Adam Cole. They're all in six points. So what's interesting, Scott, is that it's a cross of genders and brands. There's no real correlation between these three. But the season is going to end very soon. And I like to ask this when we get a tie, like, if you're in the draft room, right, and you're putting together your list, who for you would be the highest priority going into next season? Is it Adam Cole? Is it Bianca Belair? Or would it be Adam Pierce? Hmm. That's interesting because I think I have said I don't think Adam Pierce will be as valuable in later seasons as he has been in the past. Hmm. I think part of the reason. He's been so wet, doing so well this season is because he had to appear both nights of uh, the WWE draft and also the whole inner brand thing that they're doing this season with the uh, Robbie Smackdown Mysterio series. That's had to have mm-hmm. him pop up a couple of times and for some reason take issue with Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I maybe wouldn't put him as high up. I think it'd be between Cole and Bianca. And what might swing me in favour of Bianca over Adam Cole, even though Adam Cole's been doing very well since he arrived in AEW uh, is that also we got the Royal Rumble coming up next yeah. season that's something to think about especially with your like first or second round WWE picks and even though they're not doing Becky Bianca or continuing that right now it seems like Liv Morgan's now going to be the next challenger for Becky I wouldn't discount another strong performance in the Royal Rumble for Bianca maybe even a, the first woman to go back to back so yeah. I'd definitely keep that in mind when it comes to Bianca it's so tough though, but do you not feel that, see when we've done the Rumble seasons, sort of in the past, it's been more obvious who is going to be that guy or that girl 
who's going to get the win. At this point in time, I can't really predict who the Rumble win's going to. Like, I think Bianca's a good shout, but I, I can feel some swerves coming in Rumble night. And what's interesting about these three, Scott, you've got Adam Cole, ninth for the season, 57 points. Bianca Belair, uh, sixth, sixth of the season and 65 points. And then Adam Pearce, fourth for the season and 78 points. And I get what you're saying about Pierce. The only hitback I would have is there's always a job for him, if that makes sense. You talk about the Rumble coming up. I think there'll be shenanigans with entry numbers and who's going in and who's not going in the Rumble with him and even Sonya uh, to apply to that. So the story of next season, not yet written, but I actually think it's quite an unpredictable one, even just looking at it right now. Do you think that's fair to say? It's it's very fair to say because, you know, with Cole's role in the elite as well, he could always overtake Bianca in terms of value and point scoring. And I wouldn't say that the Rumble winner is as often as predictable as it may be, may think, because I don't think anybody thought going into last Rumble, sorry, I the Rumble season that Edge would win the mm. men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, Bianca was a shirt last year, hurt. I think it was between her and Rhea Ripley. Uh, I remember the Rumble, the first ever Sorority to Rumble season, I picked Shayna Baszler. Uh, and I think everybody thought she was going to win and then she, she lost out to Charlotte Flair who was on mm-hmm. David Hockney's team and everything so yeah. you know it, it depends like if you you should try and look at who you think the favourites are at this point and if they don't win you should at least try and do like a strong performance for you because that's what I had with Big E because I knew mm-hmm. the last Rumble and the last of our season to Rumble season that he was a favourite but even when, though he didn't win, he did pick up the IC title and get a few eliminations, which gave me enough over the edge to take that season. Yeah, over the edge, pardon the pun. Uh, but there's <laughs> someone, there's a good bit of history here, Scott, and I, I feel we need to change the conversation when it comes to Seth Rollins. He's, he's keep getting Daniel, because Daniel had a really poor start of this season, and Daniel isn't setting the world on fire, but he's higher than he was. He's now firmly in the mid-table uh, in 10th position, 128 points. And a lot of that is down to Seth Rollins. Once again, Seth Rollins second this week in 12 points. Um, he now moves to seventh overall for the season on 60 points. Are we seeing, we've talked about the McConaughey's in acting, uh, are we t- seeing the Rollins in the draft? Is that, is that what's happening here? It could be because we said before, like, Seasons like one through like three or four, uh, Seth was the pick, and then I think Bailey overtook him overall uh, mm-hmm. in season five. But you know, given the, like the first few seasons, he was Universal Champion. He was on TV all the time, everything, and then obviously he went away uh, like towards the end of the last year. But yeah, I think this is now like, he's in a prompt position because before he was just around to get appearance points, but. He did lose quite a few big matches. Like he lost to Cesaro at WrestleMania, lost to Edge at SummerSlam, and then also lost another big loss to Edge this season. But still, mm-hmm. he's breaking up big points for Daniel, especially the last few uh, weeks of the season. Now he's the number one contender for the WWE title. I know next season when he gets that shot, he probably won't win, but I think he's still worth a, a punt, take, taking a punt on. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like he's shown, he's going back up in the overall. You know, in the history of the overall like best performers, Seth Rollins is putting himself back in that conversation because you look at Daniel's team, Seth is outperforming a lot of pretty much everybody else on his team by a country mile. Like he's more mm. than double his second highest scorer, and that's Shane Basil on twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the thing with Seth will be I think he'll go in the first round next season. 
just because we have a bigger draft again. But I think it'll be sort of further down. But whoever gets them could be in the position where it could be a real sleeper pick. It could be a real steal pick because there'll be people who look over him because of what you said. He's not going to win that title off a biggie, most likely. And then where he goes from there is sort of uncertain. But if he gets enough appearances on TV and wins on TV, it could, could be worth it. I don't know. Thinking out loud here. But number one again is... Sorry, Biggie, WWE champion. Very happy for Biggie. This has just been like I think Ross described him as his juggernaut when he was on a couple of weeks ago. 153 points for the season, 13 points again this week. The question isn't has Biggie performed well this season? Because that's beyond reproach. You know what I mean? That's that's beyond discussion. The question is looking forward to Survivor Series to Rumble. Do you think Biggie goes first overall in the singles round, Scott? Is he still the guy, or was this season uh, an outlier for Biggie? No, I, th- I think he's still very valuable. Like, I'd say, like, I think Roman Reigns will have won the tag round again because that seems to be the running theme. Mm-hmm. But if Roman is still somehow available when it comes to singles, then Roman will go first. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but outside of Roman, I think if you're picking first, your two main options to go between. If I was picking first. Would be either Biggie mm-hmm. or Becky, and yeah, maybe. I, I think I think Biggie is actually more likely to hold on his title than Becky, even though Becky losing that title next season is still very slim. So yeah, I know you often say about Drew Mantar being a high, you know, like first round pick, but I think Drew is like the third most valuable like first round pick. I think if you're like going third and Becky and Biggie are there, yeah. yeah, and Becky and Biggie are gone, then. Yeah, go for Drew because you know there's always a chance come the Rumble time. But I think Biggie really has increased his value since he started on singles. Like season six was mm-hmm. when we first saw him getting consistent singles wins when he was uh, in that feud with Sheamus. Then I had him two seasons when he was Intercontinental Champion, and then we saw him win the money in the bank. He started off slow in the Mania SummerSlam season, but he picked up at the end by winning Money in the Bank. And now with Ross here as the WWE Champion, uh, I think. Go all the way up to like WrestleMania. I think we shouldn't sleep on Biggie. We should keep trying to get. You should keep trying to get Biggie if you can. If you have the position in the draft, I'm not sure if he can beat Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, but I don't think it really matters at this point because I think it's about asking has Ross created enough of a gap with Biggie to take the loss and still take the season. That is the big question, and what a transition into. the table. Uh, in last place JP Go Hard Go Home 87 points uh, in 14th place Jack Graham to Hat Wonders 96 points uh, the year of his birth I believe uh, 13th place we have Gary Kernan Team Vista 105 points 12th place Ryan Gallagher, Northmen, Southmen comrades all the goat tones are coming back and Stephen Wilson can do fuck all, it's 112.5 points for Ryan Gallagher 11th place Stacey Smith, the Nicky Barden Bell is 120 points in, te- in 10th place it's Daniel Campbell, uh, pretty fly for a Paul Heyman guy, 128 points. Uh, Scott, you have moved into ninth place. Uh, Isaac Draftham, 138 points. Still can't separate yourself from Sarah Greve, who is also she just won't leave me alone. I know, it's absolutely unreal. Team Historic, 138 points as well. Al McLook is a good return to the draft in seventh with the MVPs, 150 points. But he's actually tied with Ryan Deglish, 150 points. Hire me, Steven. Still hanging in strong. Not the worst, in, not the 
disaster of a season that Ryan had, but still very disappointing drafting from first. Getting to the top five, Grant McRobbie, the most consistent scorer in draft history. Second City Saints, 159 points. David Hockney in 463 points with the West End Country Club. Stephen Wilson, 186.5 points. Average Samoa Joes, but we get to this Top of the table, Scott. The gap between myself and Ross is now at 22 points. It's team goal and 209 points. And Ross is glamorous. India Rock and Roll on 231. We have a week left of TV. I don't think it's over yet. But if you're the bookies, those odds in Ross have reduced drastically after last night's Smackdown. There's always a chance. It's still very close. It depends, I think, how Tavares' views goes. Because... Uh, Going from around you've got Drew and the Usos. So there's strong performances for them, plus a loss from Big E. Again, it's a question of like how close, how big or how wide is that gap that he's got over mm-hmm. you. And just looking at this table, like uh, I think you just really showed the unpredictability of the draft, especially with you know the the size of the the field that we've got this year. hundred percent. That, like looking at the bottom, obviously JP being a Lister's League winner, that makes sense. He's at the bottom because you know he's not used to you know being up here in the big time. Uh, but then you've got the three ahead of him are two former draft winners uh, and somebody who's finished second three out of like four seasons previously. So I go to show that you know when I feel this size, even some of your like even if you've won the season, the even if you've won the league before. Mm-hmm. He can. He doesn't bear to a high place because Jack did well. I think it's first, you know, given where he was positioned in the snake draft. But God, what a fall! Yeah, and it's tough. It's always tough drafting from last, and I never try and judge people who are drafting from that position, really, because it is. You know yourself. It's 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 tough. It is really really tough, and you do need to try and pull off something special. I think Ryan Gallagher last season did really well from last and that's sort of the blueprint that's got to be followed going forward but it's it's hard to judge it. I think it comes down to, you look at the Survivor Series between me and Ross, Ross has Big E right, that's really his only person who's going to get guaranteed Survivor Series points. Dominic might appear and interfere to take Ray out or something like that after what happened with Pierce this week but he might not, it's not a certainty. Meanwhile over at my team I have the Usos who are in a match McIntyre who's in a match Sonya Deville will get in there somehow. So we've seen Aaliyah got taken out of Team SmackDown. I wouldn't be surprised if she injected herself in that. We haven't got confirmation on Nakamura versus Priest, but it's most likely it will happen, in which case mm-hmm. Boogs will be there. And then Natty's in the women's team as well. So appearance points, I could have a guaranteed 10 points from Survivor Series compared to Ross's guaranteed four, we'll say, with more yeah, opportunity for wins, wins. You know what I mean? We also got a figure... That during the fact that obviously, yeah, you get appearance points, but you also do lose a couple of points should a member of your draft team be in a Survivor Series match and you know get eliminated the same way you would get points if they make an elimination. Yeah. And also, uh, Stephen has stated that a champion v champion loss is credited down as a as the same you lose the same amount of points you would lose if your player lost a championship match. So no, it's it's yeah, not. It's a, it's a non-title match. Isn't that? I thought we yeah. had that. We had yeah. that rule. Nah, non-title match. He said it the other day. Um, yeah. That because that's what it was last season. So it's the same as last season. But I think Natalia could actually go quite early in that women's match. But then you got the Usos, and then Drew will probably be like the figurehead for his team. So mm-hmm. again, we show how many points you can rack up. You know, and very close behind Big E. But yeah, I do think Dominic will be in Ross's corner. 
Uh, Ross does have a small chance to help increase his gap at full gear, though, as he's got mm. Jurassic Express, who are in that uh, false count anywhere match alongside Christian against the Super Click. Uh, but all you've got is Orange Cassidy, who has not been uh, confirmed for the PV. He had a chance to go in the Eliminator Tournament, but unfortunately he lost to Miro. Yeah. Useless prick. Anyway, uh, before we move on to talk a wee bit more about full gear, let's talk about the top five in the Listeners League. So, Scott, I'm going to give you a name in their team and you tell me what you think about them, okay? Carl Pierce with Brewmans. Oh, I know Carl personally. Lovely fella. Ian Hamill's a podcast called Podding Ain't Easy. We talk Marvel and Star Wars and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, we've been talking in the group chat about you know what we'd where we'd rank all the, the Marvel films next year. Me and Carl are going to do that at some point. So, Ooh. you know, Carl, you you did your best. I'm sure you you did your best for your first ever listening league, and you took Becky Lynch as your captain. Well on you, son. But really? uh, make sure you come back next season, pal, because I think you're in with a chance. But unfortunately, yeah. this just wasn't your time. Fourth place, Tom Brock, came sickness. Ah, fuck off, Tom. <laughs> Third place, Dan Wood, even for last place. Well, you, you fucked that up, didn't you? <laughs> Second place, Jamie Hartley. Ronnie was struggling. I appreciate the, the pun there, and you seem to have a decent team, but uh, it's no year, year, Jamie. First place, Listener's League winner <laughs> for this season. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Smith with the booty woes. <laughs> yeah, Matt Smith, uh, fair enough. You know, he knows Gary. And like you said, looking at this team, you know, Raquel Gonzalez maybe didn't score a Highly as you'd hope, or Yoshi or Ridge Holland, but you know, don't discount Ridge Holland as a last round pick next season. Now he's been drafted to SmackDown, but mm. Big E and the Young Bucks have been a, a solid uh, solid picks for you. And yeah, it is weird how a lot of the time in the Listeners League, you can either, it's either, there's no in between. There's we had one, one or twice where it's oh, very neck and neck, or it's just this person's got a gap for most of the season, like a year's yeah. winning. There's no yeah. in between with this Listeners League. Oh, it's a it's a nightmare, but we need to switch gears. <laughs> we need to switch gears, Scott, to full gear. We're going to talk about who we think could get the most points out of this pay per view, and I think someone who has to sort of come to mind here uh, is someone we discussed a lot in the preseason, and that's CM Punk, because I have a lot of question marks over his match with Kofi. Uh, what am I talking about? His match with Eddie Kingston, not Kofi Kingston. Jeez, oh, it's a Saturday morning team. What just happened? Uh, but CM Punk, Eddie Kingston, Scott, Grant's captain, 72 points for the season. A great first round pick as it turns out. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think Grant gets big points from Punk at full gear? Or do you think Kingston sneaks away with the win? I have seen a lot of people online talking about the possibility of a, of a Kingston win. Uh, as a Dodd Central, like, I'd like that for another reason than to actually see him win a big pay-per-view match because you know he's he's challenged for all three major like titles in the AEW like in the mm. world title match at last year's full gear he's challenged the tie titles he's challenged Miro for the TNT title and back it all out and he's he's lost every time and it's only so often you can like keep that goodwill of a popular wrestler keeps losing before eventually you need to like, give them that win. And I think, you know, uh, it's hard to bet against CM Punk given how how he's been pushed coming into the company and how he's been on the streak of wins. Then again, that streak of wins also says that he could afford a loss by this point. Yeah. So it's a real toss-up. But I think, you know, Grant can still finish high in the top end of the table, even with a Punk loss, because 
He's got bunks on 72 points. He's a, a regular juggernaut on his team. He's the highest in the, like, the top five newcomers of the season. He is by far the the highest scorer. Like, the second in the newcomers is useless because they've not been picked as a tie team for a while. And that's mm-hmm. you who got them at 59 points. So the gap between them is just you know very notable. So you can see how he basically... CM Punk, I think, has surpassed some people's expectations for the first round pick. Yeah, 100%. And he's the highest uh, picked AEW pick. Uh, 72 points for Punk uh, compared to Adam Gold's 57 points. Is there anyone else that you want to turn your sort of attention to when it comes to full gear? Who do you think is going to surprise us with some big points for their team? What do you think will be the most pivotal uh, match in terms of either the title race or some individual battles in that table? Uh, One thing I want to say is that Honestly, real life sucks because I can't even be angry about the circumstances in which Joe Mockley has left mm. TV after I put the captaincy on him. And the guy I took the captaincy off to put it on him is now taking his place. Yeah. But I, I did stress on uh, Central, not because of draft reasons, but a reason why I think Muir actually could sneak out the win over Brian. And I think that win is what I need to get away from Sarah on the table we constantly keep dying, or she's ahead of point ahead of me, or I'm just ahead of her. Like, I mean, Sarah, I need my space. Please, you are smothering <laughs> me. I need my space. But, <laughs> but other than that, actually, talking about Grant, Grant has the possibility to finish like, higher than most people on this uh, show because he's also got Sammy Gravada with the uh, that Minneapolis Street Fight inner circle of the Men of the Year in America. He does. Team. So yeah. he's one of the few people with multiple people uh, on the show. Like, the other person is. Steven, who can finish strongly with both Daniel Bryan, who's Miro's opponent, and he has Hangman Page, who uh, mm, nice. hasn't been the highest scorer, but you know he could take away some major championship points if he finally has that moment. Oh no, Omega. that makes me scared that Stephen could mount a, a late surge up the table and get sneak victory. Don't say that to me, man. You're scaring me with that with that talk. Oh god, yeah, I hate it. Wow, I hate it. Also, Daniel could, could maybe jump up a place because uh, I've talked about how his rest team isn't performing strongly. He does have mm. Chris Jericho, who's on 22 points right now. So, again, the inner circle win mm. uh, could be what he needs there to help further move himself up from away from the bottom end of the table. Because uh, a lot of the... I've been running the EW sweep we've got going on in the podcast and so mm. far everyone who sent me their sweep is, uh, is very certain that inner circle are going to win. Yeah, I kind of hope they lose now, just to... You know, shows up. Uh, but I, I know you don't want to hear this, but before we move on, Sarah could also have a good night. Lucha Bros and our team and Malachi Black both in action as well. That's that's a that could be big points getters either though, but I'd say both those matches are swing matches, you know what I mean? So no guarantees for Sarah at full gear. But one thing that you wanted to bring up today, Scott, was the impact that the TBS title could have next season. We, of course, have, I believe, four women still left in that tournament. Um, the question I have for you is, obviously, you've talked about the focus on of the Rumble already in today's show, and people wanting to get women who will get that sort of, those Rumble points coming. But with the TBS title tournament on the horizon, do you think it could be an opportunity for people to switch focus and get the women for that? And where would you put your priority between Rumble points and the possibility of a TBS title win? I think the Rumble's still fairly high up there like for both the men and the women's side. But I think I oh, wanted to talk about this because of the implication for like female picks because sometimes especially when you get to the last couple of rounds and you want that 3-2 that split, 
Yeah, mm. usually your first like pick for a women's pick can usually be quite easy. Like somebody who's already in a featured program or is a women's champion already, if you manage to get them. But then you got like who else is there that's gonna, you know, be there on a regular basis to rack me up enough points. And you you go back to you know the the early days of AEW in this draft. You know, for a long mm-hmm. time you struggled to get a decent you know consistency in the women's division. You know, you had Riho, you had Shida, you had Nyla Rose. Bert Baker, even with appearance points when she was injured, but that was it. You could count on one hand the amount of really consistent women's picks you had, even mm-hmm. when you did used to count uh, Dark back in the day. But yeah. I think now the women's division is becoming a lot more full, a lot more featured, and you got a lot more options, especially with this new title and the arm movement of TBS at some point during the next season. So the first champion will be crowned next season, and you got like the, your Ruby Soho, who like is for started off strong, but then obviously after lost to Baker, uh, and then you got Hikaru Shida who performed strong in the last previous season that I had her before. You got yeah. Thunder Rosa, you got Jade Cargill who a lot of people see big things in Anna J, Ty Conte, like not even people who might not even win it, but you got potential contenders and people women who are going to try and rack up wins to you know go up the rankings that AW stress mm. the importance of so regularly. Yeah, getting contention. I think you've you've basically put it perfectly there. You know, it, it's just something to keep in mind, and uh, probably an alternative for the war rounds. But I could see your Grant McGobbies. I could see your Sarah Greaves, and did I say it? I could see your Scott McLeods, the people who are sort of more invested, maybe in that product. Try get them in maybe a bit earlier. You know, and taking uh-huh. that risk ahead of the rumble picks uh, to just sort of get ahead of the curve. But Scott. Time for bedtime again, I think. Uh, so thank you very much for, for this. This has been fun, the reunition of the the original team. But how, uh, it'll be fun. Road to Survivor Series is coming up. Well, regardless of what happens with Miro tonight, the, and also uh, well, my only chance for points at Survivor Series is with Liv Morgan. So I don't know how much faith I should put in Liv. But you know, I'm already <laughs> looking ahead to next season because, again, you can see more people maybe focusing on AEW, primarily the women's division, than the men's because there's no pay-per-view. But again, you got this new title, you got the Royal Rumble. Mm. Like we haven't even talked about how much we should be focusing on NXT with the, the recent announcement of War Games. War Games. Because uh, usually you can focus on one thing or they're like, oh, WWE's doing a lot of them and they've got these many pay-per-views or AEW's got a pay-per-view in the middle point of the season so you can focus on AEW more than WWE. Whereas, I think people's focus is going to be all over the place because like points could come from anywhere next season mm, even, though the, even though it's our, it's where our shortest season you could still claim a really high amount of points short season at high expectations people mm-hmm. we'll see you next week enjoy <laughs>